The Garbage Pod is a wholly remarkable book. Perhaps the most remarkable, certainly the most successful book, ever to come out of the great publishing corporations of Ganymede and Titan. More popular than Norman Lovett's autobiography, better selling than 53 More Things to Do in Chloe Annett, and more controversial than Ulan Kalufin's trilogy of philosophical blockbusters, Where Ian Lee Went Wrong, Some More of Ian Lee's Greatest Mistakes, and Who Is This Ian Lee Person Anyway? And in many of the more relaxed civilizations on the outer eastern rim of the galaxy, the garbage pod has already supplanted the great Andrew Ellard as the standard repository of all red dwarf knowledge and wisdom. Because, although it has many omissions, contains much that is apocryphal, or at least wildly inaccurate, it scores over the older, more pedestrian work in two important ways. First, it is slightly cheaper, and second, it has the words foaming twat inscribed in large, friendly letters on page 133. Buy it now at ganymede.tv. Hello, and welcome to what is a very special well, a moderately special dwarf cast um, for reasons which we won't reveal now in the interest of dramatic tension, uh, <laughs> but we'll tell you right at the end. Uh, in the meantime, we are doing uh, a commentary on an episode that is itself filled with dramatic tension, uh, <laughs> and that is the final... That was spontaneous. That was, that was great. Yeah, I wasn't well pre-prepared. Uh, the final episode of Series 6, Out of Time. So pop that in your DVD player, get ready to hear an amusing sting featuring a member of the Red Dwarf cast... <laughs> followed by some pips, and when the pips reach the final long pip, press play on your DVD player if you want to watch the episode in sync with our commentary on it. You should probably know how these work by now. You so, got that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I'm Seb Patrick, if you hadn't guessed, and in the room with me I have Jonathan Caps. Hello. Ian Ian Symes. Hello, hello, hello. Tanya Jones. Hello. John Hoare. Hello. And once again, over the magic of Skype, we have Danny Stevenson. Hello. Yay. And it works this time. So, all of that stuff I said about Pips, imagine that I said it now. <laughs> Space Corps Directive 5011708109072 says all dwarfers must listen to Dwarfcast. Uh, Mr. Rimmer, sir, I think you'll find shut up right, and I'm right. Hey, uh, red letterbox again, but a smaller ah, one this time. This time, and yeah. it's small at the top. I, 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 I want to do a fan recreation of this entire <laughs> sequence, but with it squashed instead of cropped. It's one for the hardcore dwarf cast fans there. <laughs> <laughs> As if there's any other kind. Uh, so this is the series six title, sequence. which we've talked about quite recently. Yeah. So we did Rimworld a few weeks ago. Why is the top? Got less red than the bottom. Because it might tell. It's your telly, probably. No, no it's not. Right. We've got it too. Oh, okay. Um, uh, right. One so of the best model sequences yes. ever. So this is out of time, which is an amazing, Good incredible today. episode. Um, this is um, yeah part of the thing I was saying for the, the last one. Uh, back to reality is just. I know it, it, it's a special meme, but it just feels like normal life on the ship. Well, the th- and it's a nice slow pace. As uh, as well, I mean, obviously, 
you probably tell we're recording this back to back with the back to reality <laughs> one. Uh, we talked about an, an episode that's got quite an ominous tone that has a dark opening without jokes. This is an episode that's got an ominous tone that's got a really, really funny opening sequence. <laughs> yeah, I love this scene. Yeah, it's. Oh. it's what it, it could almost, what is your poison? It could almost start any episode. There's a lot of episodes in series six that start with sequences that you could chop and change, and mm. it wouldn't have much of a difference. Although the only thing about this is it's just got the slight undercurrent of everybody's a bit tense and Rimmer's mm. kind of on the edge, which this isn't a side to Rimmer that we've really <laughs> seen before, you know? Flaring of the nostrils. And this line is my, my favourite line. <laughs> I can't reaction. <laughs> So the way Danny looks round as if surprised yeah. that Rimmer's even there. And again, just the change in facial expressions. It is actually interesting the scene gets a round of applause. That's quite rare in Red Dwarf. Yeah, to get especially for the first scene of the episode, you know. It's I mean, a, that's like. It's a little, such a little set piece. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, another one that I can't help but think of the smeg up when watching it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking styrofoam. I'm talking. What am I talking about? <laughs> Any time that Danny breaks into his natural accident, <laughs> you tap me with that <laughs> fridge. Subtitles <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. That's, that's kind of the only time that it's established that, as well as being invulnerable, Rimmer's hard light makes him really strong as well. Yeah. yeah. That's a point, actually. It's almost as if it's a little bit inconsistent. It could be a mini fridge. <laughs> which doesn't yeah, say. I suppose. But he wrenched it off the wall. A little beer fridge. Yeah, it could have been wall-mounted. Yes, all right, Ian, it could have been a wall-mounted mini fridge. It could have been slightly rotten plaster. He did try to insert it as well, so... (laughs) No, you can... Any fridge would hurt if you inserted it. Ah, There's a type of fridge that is small enough to make that comfortable or pleasurable. (laughs) I think the planned Red Dwarf Christmas episode should have been (laughs) that reference. I just like the fact that we get that one line that means that any time on G&T we do any kind of Christmassy related article (laughs) we can make reference to the pan-dimensional beast from the Mogadon cluster. Liquid beast. It's very hitchhiker's it's that line, you know. It is a bit, actually, mm. yeah. <laughs> so this is weird because you've got something here that's a setup for a gag that ultimately ends up not occurring in the episode. Well, set up for a punchline. Thank the margarita moustaches. Because yeah. that, that's set up for the you know, well, intended it's, end. It's all bit it's set up. See, this is the thing to remember about this episode is this was the one that was written like an ludicrously short amount yeah. of time. Yeah. This is Robert, an auto cue. Robert um, reading from cue cards there. And it's, it's this and it's the last day and they're two of my favourite episodes, which is a bit odd. Well, it says a lot about the... The last day doesn't the, come the across hurried at all, actually. Whereas this that does is, yeah. at points. I think it does once you know, but I don't think mm. it had ever occurred to me before I knew. <clears throat> so this is just, I mean, we're what? How many minutes in? A couple of minutes in. We've got and straight into it. Yeah. This does do. Yeah, I'd actually, I'd forgotten how fast the plot actually started once you... It's a long time, yeah. There's a lot that's crammed in in a very short time before the future selves arrive. Mm. Yeah. And again, this is like like back to reality. This is last episode of the series, and you probably sat there wondering, are they throwing a massive status quo change yeah. at us? There's no reason at this point to believe that anything other than what we're being shown, you know, other than the fact that Rimmer says he doesn't <coughs> believe it. Though it hasn't quite got the <coughs> ominous tone yet that back to reality has. 
with Bacharelta, you start thinking. Well, yeah. Well, maybe it's a bit of a, a double bluff that the. You know, it could be revealed that Lister is actually a mechanoid, and then it's fairly quickly revealed to be false. But but then later on, they get shot, and so if you if you're thinking, oh, but hold on, yeah, it's probably not real. But hold on, they did that gag earlier, so. I, I just think mm. this this episode, the opening five minutes or so, this have got a real sense of things are going to change because you open with that scene that just shows that all is not right in terms of their mood and their relationship. True. You've got Crichton talking about the bleak, loneliness, futile yeah. existence. Something's um, <clears throat> You know, th- this feels like it's gearing up for a big change in the setup and for something to happen, you know? Because the, the previous episodes in Series 6 don't have an opening like it, this. Is it almost a shame then that it didn't? That's probably it's yeah. just a bluff. It did yeah. for quite a few years. <laughs> yeah. They were dead for But it's a different years. Well, yeah. Well, when I was when I first saw this episode, I genuinely did think that that was actually going to be a massive plot twist that Lister actually was a mechanoid because we saw this when it was aired. So I genuinely did think that that was actually going to be something that mm. was going to keep going, and then it obviously got you know revealed to be a fake out. But that was quite interesting because that's like I, I genuinely did buy it. <laughs> yeah, I really so I love that yeah. kit on paper for assembly. <laughs> the weird thing was is that when I first saw this episode, um, I think it was on its first repeat it was the repeat one that didn't show sirens so I yeah, didn't, I didn't yes, know same here. yeah I didn't know sirens even existed same so here. to me this was episode five so all through this episode I wasn't expecting it to be the last one and all uh, of a sudden it was and all of a sudden it was yeah I knew sirens um, hadn't been shown because I checked an episode guide as uh, I do with every show before <laughs> I sit down and watch it so well, did you check on Wikipedia yes I did <laughs> I invented Wikipedia John was born in 95 I think must it was tacked onto the end of the <laughs> ninety-five repeat one, which happened in ninety-four. <laughs> no, it happened in ninety-five, didn't it? There's, yeah. so, there's something really telling about the fact that just Crichton just suddenly snaps into this mode of he has no sense of empathy or just yeah, anything yeah, because, about it. Because, because as shouldn't. soon as he's talking to a follow, as soon as he's talking to a fellow droid, yeah, or what he believes to be as a fellow droid, that's it. But yeah. you, you said that this wasn't didn't feel quite as ominous as Back to Reality, but. I think when I watched it, it was it was more uncomfortable episode for me to watch because mm. it's not um, it's not showing them as characters you've never known before. It's like oh, you know, they're not really the characters we know. This is the characters we know, like With basically ripping, ripping each other apart, yeah. you know, fighting, reacting like that. It was re- a real shock. Mm. The uh, the line about the not liking hand scrubbing the gussets of his long jobs never quite rings <laughs> true to the Crichton that <laughs> no, we know and love. True. Yeah, he enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> And who wouldn't? But is it not the fact that even Crichton has limits and Lister's long johns are that bad? <laughs> well, his programming has a hierarchy, yeah. and all of a sudden oh. he's realised that. He's been scrubbing the gussets of a fellow mechanoid. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. tainted what? the enjoyment that yeah. he got from so it. That, <laughs> that, and how did they get so dirty? Is that a simply scat then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think so. She's a lovely girl. <laughs> <laughs> No one makes sandwiches that badly. No. Uh, I think you're fine. (laughs) Uh, Me and Capsi made a sandwich the other day. This is irrelevant to the episode. (laughs) We made a a toasty which contained cheese, pork pie, and Scotch eggs. (laughs) It was fucking incredible. 
Oh. On tomato sauce as well. We're oh, not yeah. savages. <laughs> Can't say now. Brown. The, the the upcoming joke with the 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 picket fence yeah. and all that. I've got how to how about that. has he it's made it so quickly? <laughs> it's not that I. It's just very quick. I, it's within about a minute. How the, how the fuck did he do the roof with the um, with the chocolate <laughs> fingers? I don't. So well, quick. No, so it, it's more. Well, someone will have to have done it. It's possible. Yeah, I would have had to slightly snap some of them and it, glued it, them. To it is the time. Or slightly melt the chocolate. Yeah. It's the I think the more important question is, where did he get the sabutio fence from? Because it is sabutio fencing. <laughs> the green fence real. with the brown posts around the outside. I've looked. It's sabutio fencing. Uh, so it, it, is Lister a fan of sabutio? Do they play it on Red Dwarf? I'm, I'm happy to discover. <laughs> and he's got a cloche out of nowhere. A square cloche. <laughs> Look, that, I mean, that is absolutely 100% definitely a Sabutio fence. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not lose really sight can. of the real issue. <laughs> That's my favourite thing about also, this entire I, episode. I don't think those are chocolate fingers. No, I, I don't think, think those are, are Twix. No, fuck off with the twig. No, well, they're, they're not twig. They're, they're not chocolate twigs. fingers. They're something. No, they're no, they're, they look more, no, I think they're just, just more that they're not got, real. It's no, just because you've got quite a big screen. It looks like. Well, they're... we've just argued about chocolate fingers over. <laughs> the best moment of the episode, which is Crichton's uh, react. What's one of the best? Crichton's yeah. reaction and the fingers. The oh my! Yeah, <laughs> good finger acting. <laughs> no pardon. That's a tiny can of lager. What a joke! <laughs> tiny can of tiny can. <laughs> I just love the the, the finality. I have I have to mince myself. <laughs> An extreme. <laughs> <laughs> well we can actually hear the dialogue we've gone so quiet <laughs> oh this is actually quite spooky which one? the one where Lister disappears I think it's the one coming up oh that's, that's a brilliant it's the piece cat you fucking <laughs> oh I'm sorry yeah. I apologise no this this bit is yeah. fantastic it's really sorry yeah cat <laughs> yeah, I like the gradual. Um, yeah, amazing well. the three of us are here as normal. We're getting some. This is to- this is what it was like when Danny disappeared from the recording. In <laughs> 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 reality, fucking everything's normal. <laughs> <laughs> the three. <laughs> are fucking cunts. They keep missing out words. It's a constant annoyance. But they've got to be. <laughs> it's the reaction from Rimmer that we're getting some puppets in. <laughs> now, this is a very silly joke coming up. It's an extremely silly joke. Well, keep our I, heads. And I like it an awful lot. It's a shame about it. <laughs> it's a good joke. Crichton's my favourite. <laughs> what I really like is it's. It's just costume <laughs> chop heads. It's not even like they've gone to try to make it look realistic. Ooh, but, that's oh, not great, is it? Lovely idea. Oh, and that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> if, if, any mo- if any moment in the show shows that this was not together fairly fast, it's <laughs> Or if any moment shows that it was made in 1992. Because Nightmare had brilliant Chroma King back in. You know, it's just it, it, it wasn't lit properly for it, and you can tell because and the stars are moving at the wrong angle. And part of the cat's and uh, joystick shit. disappears. Yeah. Oh, pardon. <laughs> Again, that's quite a, just to emphasise how pacey this episode is. We suddenly go from right, let's stop yeah. to bang. They're in this part of this plan. Bang, and that's an odd thought because you wouldn't think when you're writing under a crunch, your instinct would be to write pacey. 
You'd think you'd be trying to write uh, long scenes. Maybe it's just mm. you don't you don't have the time to Ooh. do Ooh, the. That's um, not a great. You don't have the time to do the getting from one place to another dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just think it's just that they're cramming so much. Yeah, bear in mind, everyone thinks of the main plot of this episode as being the stuff with the future selves. Mm. We're nowhere near that yet. Because no. yeah. we're cramming in so much and we're running just along. got the time drive. Yeah. They haven't even got the time drive, really. We're all enraptured again. You can almost see the reflection of the auto cue in Robert's eyes. <laughs> um, I have to say, again, quick cut, bang. We didn't even see them on that ship because they didn't have time to go and so, yeah. make that set or anything. That's just, you know. And then, and again, then we're back in the cockpit. This is just, you know. Time is occurring in random pockets. <laughs> you know, I'd never noticed that, but that's a really beneficial side yeah. effect mm. to not having any time to buy build There's sets. no fucking about. Yeah. I love really, this guy. I really, really <laughs> love really the idea of going to medieval space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, it's just more the fact that they don't realise. Yeah. They all assume that they'll be back in, you know, Renaissance England. Slightly undermined by the time drive magically <laughs> doing that in yeah. the very next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You can ignore aspects <laughs> of the result that you don't just like. Crichton, yeah. the, the fact that Crichton did know all along yeah. and is massively excited <laughs> by the fact <laughs> is what makes it even funny. Because again, Rue's like, give us visual, what are we going to see, what are we going to see out there? And he does it, <laughs> even did that. Yeah, yeah, Crichton's like, yeah. <laughs> of course, it would be It would be different to how it was before, because they've just let back three, you know, three million Oh yeah, the stars we've been about. But, but it's just, uh, what, it's just crazy. It's, 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 it's on his face. <laughs> <laughs> They're so far away from Earth, but they can. They still have a time drive that can get them to somewhere precisely calculated on Earth's um, orbital years. Yeah, but it was an Earth-originated ship, wasn't it? So yeah, everything. <laughs> um, one interesting thing no, about this film very sexist. Is, is um, once we go up to the next bit and you get the two uh, the model shots with the two Starbucks. It's interesting that an episode that was not together in a week or whatever still manages to get these beautiful model shots yeah. um, specific to the story and they look fantastic much much better than the two red dwarfs on Demons and Angels oh god well they're giant models yeah you couldn't build two of those and then put, put it together two obviously had to yeah. I don't mind that those two it, I don't mind those two it's the final resolution of the red dwarf coming back that just looks awful yeah, yeah it's a cross fade so what how far are we into the episode now and we finally get to the future Crichton's urgency and seriousness yeah. as well <clears throat> Just, it's a really unsettling episode oh. it is you know what I did actually under under um, what's the word I'm underestimate under, underestimate uh, underplay the, Underplay the uh, rather unsettling nature. Underwear. Mm. Underwear. I really underwear the unsettling nature. <laughs> my underwear is most unsettled. Although something has settled in my underwear. <laughs> it's, a, it's a poo shit himself. <laughs> oh, look at I, that. That I is just gorgeous. I saw that outside one evening. Oh like two Starbucks. No, <laughs> Ian's poo. No, a man who'd actually managed to shit himself, and, and I knew that because he was mooning at the cars. Him and his mates were making a lot of noise, and uh, the poo dropped out <laughs> onto the the road, and he ended up throwing it at his mates. <laughs> 
Is this at Monkey is this World? Only is this like in your fantasy world? No, 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 it was outside. You were listening to Poopcast. One night, uh, I was watching out Danny. the window. Danny? Yeah? Have you got something to say about the playing cards that they're using here? Uh, yeah, we've, we've found so that. You're a really <laughs> terrible version of Les Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other kind of Les Dennis? <laughs> well, yeah, we found what they were. They were, they were, they were the special edition uh, Grand Prix uh, card that were made in like 1970 odd or something. And they're rare as rocking horse shit. You can't get hold of them for love, no money. But we, I mean, I'm in the process of trying to design a pair a set to give out. To, to sell as if they're real and, imprint and get a load of money for them? Uh, well, I mean, not for profit. <laughs> <laughs> Just cover your costs. These are really rare. I've made a thousand packs. <laughs> other, yeah, other playing cards are available. Is there a good shot of the, um, of the front of one so you can see what the general layout is of the picture? Well, the thing is, on the, on, on the eBay auction, there is actually sort of like a scan of some of the ah. cards that actually are quite oddly shaped. They're also the back of them is the same as is in quarantine, but the front in quarantine is a special design. Yes, yes, the same cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know how you use use that yeah. to pick your ears. Uh, it should have been like a corkscrew or something. Really. Uh, is is this? The they probably couldn't get hold of a corkscrew. Oh, lovely enough. shot of some JMC design tins of peach slices and stuff that are seen. For less than a second <laughs> yeah, on screen. Don't nix me, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a reference that like the 23rd century guy would. Is this the smallest set ever in Red Dwarf, by the way? The kitchen setting. Does it count as a separate out. set, though? Because it is part of. You can see the in the background. Oh, they, 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 they used it in um, Legion as well. Uh, just to go back to your point, um, Capsi. Futurama didn't um, shy away from taking a piss out of Richard Nixon in the year three thousand. <laughs> but he was still alive. The more the more dated gag there is Spiro Agnew because I think even now people aren't necessarily as clear as Spiro Agnew was. I don't know. I have no. Idea. I do was, know, but I yeah. can't. See, whenever I see the scene Hope now, I just think of the deleted scene with crossed hairs. Remember the really oh, bad. No one else ever sees the scene and thinks of that. It's <laughs> literally just me. Sweet. Cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> such a they, they are quite kinky boots. <laughs> really, I love. Yeah. There's no logical yellow. reason for it, but it's great. I love that yellow. Uh, that yellow yeah. costume. As well. I love how Rimmer basically looks like an old major. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks yeah, an old army major. It's almost like he would have wanted to look like that yeah, when yeah, he was exactly, older. Yeah. Like he's, he's, let his, come out. <laughs> he's, he's let his holographic <laughs> self become an old man because it gives him his distinguished hair. It is impossible to look at a single frame of creating an eyebrows Although, and laughing. Don't you think he looks like uh, Niall Boogie in um, Competition Time, Father Ted? <laughs> it's a um, wig. Old Rimmer looks like Bram Butterfield. Yes. <laughs> That's a bit hot. <laughs> looks like he's on the Butterfield diet. The only, it's the oh, only thing that shit. doesn't quite work with this episode is Crichton suddenly becoming upset about Lister supposedly being dead. Yeah, I know. Being fine with it. Yeah. No, he's acting here. He's 
No, but the point is, Lister's not dead. He's a brain in a jar, but he's not dead. He's not no. dead, dead, because he's still here. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's upset for the loss of the Lister he knows and loves. That's as a uh, someone who can walk. <laughs> <laughs> so like, at least, at least they acknowledge that Rimmer shouldn't have changed. Yeah. They don't bother to explain why. Yeah, like I, said, I think it's part of the programming. He's, yeah. he's decided. Make me oh, look now like that, a fat old mate. Now that I'm rich and opulent, I want yeah. my body to reflect. Either that or they. Well, I would say that it was he couldn't part of his get program. the uh, the hologramic upgrades that also meant that he aged him back to Earth. But they're rich and successful, so he would have been able to have them if he wanted. <laughs> Uh, Rimmer's line here is one of my favourite Rimmer lines of all time <laughs> just for the way he says it uh, uh, yeah uh, <laughs> and how many times have we uh, used this <laughs> oh dear he's lost a bit of weight we're going to do the rest of the episode <laughs> I'd be quite happy to <laughs> I don't think anyone else would <laughs> Uh, this is good because you think Kat's talking about Lister, but in fact, <laughs> <laughs> he's actually talking about himself. <laughs> Rimmer in the background. <laughs> never there's no, there's no reaction from Lister's Rimmer about what he looks like. You could argue that Rimmer here is possibly at his cruelest <laughs> yeah. ever. But, it, but again, this is this uh, future records. At best, you're uh, basically willing on Lister's death. Oh yeah. <laughs> But remember, this is Rimmer who um, has known, has lived with Lister for four well, years. Well, also just yeah. at the start of the episode is really. You know, that said, in the second ever episode of Red Dwarf, Rimmer's very happy at the notion of Lister being exploded into pieces. That's what that's that's just said. Did, did, you? did yeah. they pre-record all the stuff? We need to get rid of him. <laughs> did they pre-record all the stuff with the future shelves? Future shelves. Future shelves. <laughs> and play it in, or did or did they? Yeah, they must have, do it, they must have pre-recorded uh, it's like that question at uh, Last Dimension John <laughs> how, how did you do me squared with this tool <laughs> my question is for uh, Mr Chris Barry uh, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> with each other how did you do that perfect was it you Dan <laughs> and then he got carried off on the arms <laughs> see the thing I don't like about this is Hitler was a really bad person nah, so it's like right. you know Look what they're doing. Yeah, but this isn't much. Again, this isn't much of a shift for Rimmer. He's a, he buys fascist <laughs> dictator <laughs> monthly. And the fact that you know, even from where they're originally from, it was three hundred years ago, two or three hundred years ago. So, the associations that we have with Hitler, uh, they won't have so straight. It'll just it's be a, a, a dodgy yeah. historical well, figure yeah, it wasn't, like it wasn't that Genghis bad, Khan really, or Napoleon or something. You know, but people like Napoleon, no. he was a massive cunt, My and there's no problem line, with yeah. Rimmer yeah. admiring yeah. him. Dodgy. <laughs> I think I've undermined it more than anything, mate. <laughs> Just saying, it was a bit of a cunt. <laughs> I'm kind of on the future self side, though, in a way. I mean, you know. I mean, I'd like him. <laughs> I like the idea of shagging his wife. Just to piss him off. He wasn't married. He was at the end. He was, he was married briefly, for what? For oh, about briefly. nine days. Oh, yeah, that really hurt if I got in, you know. Well, within the first so. nine days of his marriage. <laughs> Oh, I love the bazookoid effects here. Look at the malice in those faces. Mm. Really, really unsettling. It's almost <laughs> as if Danny John Jules can act. <laughs> He's just a dancer. <laughs> Again, eyebrows on <laughs> yeah. Crichton. 
whiskers and kittens. Look at this is just great. No, it's not aces and dimension gym. And too many other episodes. It is it's very for something that I presume is totally superimposed. I think they know they've done some on set sparklies, yeah. but then they've enhanced it. It's it's a perfect combination of physical effects and video magic. <laughs> yeah. Dear Mr. Rogue. And then here we are. I think I may have seen this scene about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what gets me is the because explosions the where they the die look genuinely fucking dangerous. Yeah. See that? Well, and they they are, we've, yeah. we've just had the contentious moment there, which is the bit that looks like a reality bubble. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's the whole. Which is any of this that, happening? Which wasn't deliberate. Am I correct? <clears throat> I don't know. I think it might have been. It I think it's it, uh, a problem. Yeah, it was put there as an option. I think was it? Ah. Yeah. So because they didn't obviously because it's Robin and Doug, they didn't know how they were going to resolve it. <laughs> but this is why you didn't can you can legitimately say that the entirety of series seven and eight happened in a reality bubble. Yeah. And if you like Back to Earth and they popped out of it just before. And if, if you, you don't, don't they're, they're still in there. They're still in there. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. Why did the t-shirt say better smoke than dead? Is it because if you're a Red Dwarf fan, you would be better smoke than dead? Is that the Well, mer- the merchandising uses smeg in all sorts of fantastical ways. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite accurate. I do like it when they say smeg. Well, that's it. That's basically what the whole merchandise. Um, well, because the, 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 well, the merchandise fostered the perception that fans are called smegheads yeah. and not dwarfers. Smeghead is an insult. And the music. And be- beautifully and edited as well. It's the slow mo. They cut. Oh. What's, what audience sitcoms do you see doing this? Yeah. Someone should. Ever. Um, Someone should make a fan film recreating this with, <laughs> and and take about fifty goes <laughs> to have the, the line. And they should <laughs> maybe um, a what? They should light it and film it really badly as well. <laughs> I think it would be really good if the um, the producer of it was. Well, I'm not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> How can we change what's happening? Fucking good. And of course the smeg up with yeah, the yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. And annoyingly, I think that was the take and now, they just cut I'm, it. I was trying to figure out whether someone whether you can see someone at the top there throwing the dust down. I, I think, always think you can. Didn't we have I'm sure there was a thread at some point. Oh that looks like it hurt. Yeah. I'm fairly certain you can. If rewind and check. See this right is complete. This is completely open as well. Did yeah. he and destroy the time drive? Did that? Yeah. Well you have the bolt the that shows it. Uh, and then, of course, on the um, uh, on the spec it's, it's got the it's got, got the starbug, yeah, the, the extra starbug at the back. The yeah. Which I always wonder when that was done. Was that created for that video, or uh, was it created? Oh, there's, a, shop, there's a long article about that on GNT, <laughs> which we did five years ago when we were better. So and we uh, also need refer to, to that. And we need to <laughs> update because we didn't have the DVD at that point. Yeah. And now it's got. Yeah, never mind. That that was a good episode. I like that. It's a shame there wasn't a proper explosion at the end. I remember watching. It is, it. but you know what? For a that for a, such a digital explosion, it's not that terrible. No, it's three mm, I remember watching this at the time, being what seven, and um, not being allowed to watch it on the night. So we used to tape it, and I used to get up early the next day to watch it. Which, hang on, by that logic, if I was getting up early, then I was getting half an hour's less sleep anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring that up with my parents sometimes. 
But anyway, watching it the next morning before school and crying as I was getting changed because I was so scared as to what was going to happen. <laughs> and then you had to wait four years yeah. to find yeah. Not even your worst nightmares could come close to what actually did happen. No. I mean, that is just that, that last few minutes are just as good as any yeah. TV programme is ever. Yeah, and again, exactly. very atypical. Very atypical. <gasps> it is atypical <laughs> as well. Um, and again, it looks amazing. When you when we always talk about oh, series five looks better than series six, I think that's generally true. But actually, that last three minutes is up yeah. there with the best looking Red Dwarf. I think series six looks a bit cleaner. I think series. Ser- I think series six looks claustrophobic, claustrophobic which is deliberate. Yeah. But that kind of it's means then, if you're being claustrophobic, you can't necessarily. Be as visually impressive a lot of the no, time. No, that's true. But that's kind um, of a deliberate five choice. Five feels really, really big and very dark and sort of grainy and dingy, but you know, to its credit. But I think, yeah, six is a bit, it's it's lit a little bit more, isn't it? Six. Yeah. It's more, a tiny bit more sitcom I, but I feel like we're delaying the inevitable here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't quite want to face. Well, maybe you don't. There's some. Uh, <laughs> There's some momentous news about to be revealed, so uh, let's just have a sting while we compose ourselves. Hey! Eight out of ten cats prefer Ganymede and Titan! So, well, yes. Um, so the the dwarf cast that is the dwarf cast that you've just heard, uh, as we mentioned at the start, is a special dwarf cast in a way. Uh, because it's actually the last ever dwarf cast that I, said Patrick, that's me if you didn't know, um, I'm going to be doing. Uh, because for reasons that actually due to timing and stuff we can't actually mention right now, uh, because it's not our place to announce it on dwarf casts, uh, but you will find out pretty imminently a reason why I'm having to leave Ganymede and Titan and dwarf casts. So, um, yeah, this is my last ever one, which is why we did Out of Time, because I wanted to do it as a farewell. Um, and I'm really sad that this is going to be my last dwarf cast because I'm not really that bothered about the site, but I just quite enjoy doing the podcast. So um, yeah, it's just somewhere for you to come in from the cold. <laughs> exactly, you know. Yeah, watch a bit of telly, you know. But yeah. I, I don't understand it. We're carrying on with dwarf cast, and the five of us are here as normal. <laughs> Six of us. Well, uh, yes, uh, Seb is uh, is leaving the GNT fold for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, but just to put on the record that the door is open for if and when you can come back, and um, just uh, thank you for being the you know really good. You're the only one of us. We're fucked basically. You're the only one of us that's got any motivation. You were the driving force behind uh, the garbage pod, which is one of the best things we've done, and a lot of the big things on the site are down to you, and uh, you'll be missed. All of these are basically the reason why I'm leaving. But <laughs> can't actually. You know. Um, yeah, so. and as you're leaving, uh, we've clubbed together <laughs> to get you a retirement present, which uh, you'll have to. Uh, this works well in ex- audio, yes. obviously. You'll have to explain what's happening to the people at home. <laughs> to me, it's a clock, <laughs> and we've had it engraved. It's a. <laughs> And it says, fuck off then. (laughs) And they didn't even put a fucking battery in it. I think that's an accurate reflection (laughs) of fun. (laughs) But, yeah. I didn't know you were going to do that. (laughs) 
that, that would be touching if it wasn't so insulting. <laughs> surprise me during rehearsal. Don't surprise me during live broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. So, uh, in conclusion, um, good news if you hate uh, Scousers. Uh, <laughs> Gary Neville's going to be tuning in next week. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll, there will be more Dwarfcasts, they just won't have this prick on it. So uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, and goodbye, everybody, for probably the last time. <laughs> <laughs> John apparently finds this all hilarious. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for years, fuck off! <laughs> Yeah, it goes without saying the site is, uh, if it was bad before, it's, <laughs> it's definitely much worse now. So uh, I hope you enjoy um, <laughs> what we have to offer. I uh, for one welcome our new <laughs> shit envelopes. <laughs> what have we got to offer at this point? Should we start interviewing new candidates now? <laughs> ah, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to Big Blake? <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> oh, shit. So, uh, in conclusion. <laughs> Au revoir, mes amis. À bientôt. <laughs>